for coaches, by coaches, this is Soccer Chat with Nick Rizzo and Sean Sauterly. Brought to you by social media for high school athletes. What's up, everybody? This is Soccer Chat, your weekly coaching podcast brought to you every single week for the hundredth time by the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. Check them out online at socialstudentathletes.com and all over social media platforms at HS Social Media. Because of them, you get the show for free every single week, wherever you get your podcast from, whether it's Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, wherever you're getting them from, you're getting them because of the good folks at Social Media for the High School Athletes. This is a listener-supported podcast supported by people just like you. The best way that you can support us is to leave a nice five-star rating and review, share out the links whenever the shows come out, which is every single thursday for free again if you want to go back in the archives you can for free go back in the archives check out the very first one check out the 50th one check out all of them up till this one if this is your very first one we here at soccer chatter members of the dutic brand fc Big shout out to our friends over at Dutic Brand. You can get all your coaching accessory needs at dutikbrand.com. And if you use the promo code soccer chat, you'll get a sweet discount. That's right. Use the promo code soccer chat and get yourself a discount over at dutikbrand.com. We also are big homies with everybody over at Torex. Check them out on Twitter at Torex, T-O-R-R-X soccer for the greatest ball pump you could ever have. Do not be a soccer coach and not have a Torex ball pump. Trust me on this one. Big shout to Dan and Aaron over at Torex. If you have already bought one and you haven't, give them a nice little five, five-star rating and review on Amazon and make sure to let them know that the Soccer Chat guys sent you. He's Nick. I'm Sean. And Nick, we've done 100 episodes, man. Dude, I just still can't believe I know you that much. I mean, we've, we've done a lot together. Well, you put out the tweet last week of we've done all these shows and we've only been in each other's presence in like four or five times. Yeah, no, it is. That is definitely still crazy. But we one of these times we actually have to spend your birthday together. We've never actually spent your birthday together. We need to do that one time. That's that's very possible. Um, we'll have to uh, we'll have to arrange that sometime. It's, it's typically a good time. We do get to see each other this week, though. Yes, that is very, very true. As you are hearing this, uh, Nick and I are getting ready to meet up. Uh, that way we can go to Don Crow's camp, which we're going to be doing a show from there as well. So make sure to be listening for that in the next couple of weeks. Uh, but for episode 100, we want to get you guys involved. Uh, without everybody that's on Twitter chat every single Wednesday night, following the hashtag soccer chat, uh, following us on Twitter at chat soccer, no E-S-O-C-C-R, without everybody who listens to the podcast, without everybody who's in our group text, this would not be possible. We would not be doing this if it wasn't for you guys. So Nick and I uh, put out for people to send us voice memos and we have not heard any of these. So this will be our first time hearing them. And uh, we're going to, we're going to play them for you guys. And then uh, we'll let everybody know just kind of, you know, what our thoughts are on it. And our first one uh, comes to us from the OG, Miss Don Crow herself. Hey, um, just wanted to uh, wish you guys congratulations on that 100th episode. And Sean, a happy birthday. Um, it's Dawn Crow checking in from Paris. Um, starting the second half of the China-South Africa game. Um, wish you guys were here. I think you guys would get a kick out of this. And it's been kind of fun um, as well. So, um Right now, it's been the VAR explosion at the games that we've seen. We've seen uh, the England-Scotland game, which was fun. 
And then we saw the Korea um, Nigeria game. And like I said, now we're at the South Africa China game. We go to the Norway, or not Norway, uh, um, Dutch game on what is it, Saturday. And we go to the U.S. on Sunday uh, before heading back to the States. We have one more game where we play a uh, local French team. So um, you guys have fun tonight. I wish I was there. And um, en enjoy getting to know everybody that's made this such a great thing. Peace out. Coming to us live from Paris. Dude, that's pretty cool. That the whole time in the background, I'm like, what point of the game was this? <laughs> Dude, right? Honestly, and then there, I mean, there was a lot of good games. That, and that was a good game today, too. That was a very good game. Although I liked uh, her, um, the team's Twitter account talking about how the game was taking place on their end of the field. And uh, Don had said something, wrote something about like, we're kind of used to that. I was <laughs> like, ah, oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> no. Honestly, Dawn, again, she was one of our very, very first guests. And honestly, was one of the people that really, I think, gave us legitimacy. Like when we talked, after we talked to Dawn, people were like, oh, like you, you, you have a person of that caliber that's willing to come talk to you guys that led to a lot more people coming to talk to us, which was really cool. That's, that's for sure. Let's go into the next one here. Hey, Soccer Chat. Congratulations on the 100th episode. Michael Mismer from Northampton Girls Soccer and Western Lehigh United. Uh, wanted to mention when we used to train uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and we would bring in some uh, outside instructors. You know, a seminar would cost about 100 bucks, and we coined the phrase $100 move because if you got one thing that kind of changed your game, it was worth the price of admission. Uh, for me, every single one of your episodes gives me one of those $100 moves. Uh, I loved one of your latest ones with Yael and Laura at 96, I think. Gary Kernin at 28. And, of course, Randy Waldrum at 30 was fantastic. So many gems there. Keep up the good work, and I can't wait for the next 100. Take care. Mike Mesmer. Was also a great guest of our show. Yes, yes. he And still to this day, he is the baddest coach in, in the U.S. Like, yeah. You want to you want to fight one of us? You're gonna have to fight him first. And we got we 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 travel in packs. You do not want to fight us, especially that, with Mike. <laughs> that is for sure. I've told everybody if Mike comes to Boston, like it, somebody's gonna get knocked out. But Mike also mentioned it on our show the other day. Like, I really think I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way to get to Pennsylvania, and I want to I want to train with him for a day. Like, I don't not no soccer. Like, we're striking, we're grappling, like we're throwing things too. Like, I'm I'm really excited about the possibility of doing that. No, no. I mean, again, we. I think just the way Chicago went this past year, I'm more and more excited to see what the next year is going to be like with all that stuff. And let's see what our uh, our next persons had to say. My guys over at Soccer Chat love them. Sean, Coach Rizzo, you guys are awesome. Uh, this is Stan Anderson. Uh, I dabble in goalkeeping. My favorite memory of you guys is getting hooked up to do your show, and I ended up on my phone in my driveway, and we talked and talked and talked and had a uh, had a great uh, time, and I really enjoyed it. And then seeing you guys at subsequent times, whether it be in Milwaukee or uh, seeing you at Don Crow's and Eric Weiberg's show, um, fantastic times. 
the field, and you guys are pretty damn good coaches. You've started a great community. I love to see the energy of the community. Keep it going. Keep kicking ass, and um, we'll see you down the road. Stan Anderson. So I actually, I again, we're recording this a little early. I actually had a player on campus today who is coached by Stan Anderson. I'm not going to drop her name because I'm still in the process of recruiting her, but I, again, no one that I've ever met has a single bad thing to say about that guy. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. And again, just uh, just a person who's been unbelievable as a supporter of our show. We got, it just has been just unbelievable with all that stuff. But again, another guy that I love every time I get to, I see him now, I just get to get a big hug from Big Sam Anderson. It's like my, it makes my day every time I see him. Did he say that you and I were good coaches? Uh, he may have said that correctly or incorrectly, but he did say that. I, I cannot believe that. I, somebody, you know, we always go on about like we do the show because we're not good coaches. And I have somebody has now said that we are good. What are we doing with ourselves? We got to, we got to figure out a way to make it look like we don't know what we're doing. And like, or, we're using or, we show to or we need Stan Anderson around all the time. Just make us feel yeah. good. <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Let's head into the next one. Hi, it's Dan Turry in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For my daughter, Anna and I, we love to create environments for adaptive and inclusive soccer to thrive. With the AYSO VIP program that we run locally, we're able to include players of all abilities, including those with physical or cognitive challenge, or for whom a traditional recreation program just is not the best fit. A few months back, there was an episode where top soccer was discussed. For me, one of the main takeaways was the fear that volunteers might have, or just the general uncertainty of what to expect. We had always been challenged with why couldn't we get friends out to help us with it? Why couldn't Anna get her teammates to join us? And we had never given thought to the fact that for some, that unknown was just so frightening. So based on that episode, we realized that we needed to do a better job. And in the next year, we'll communicate how do you work with these athletes and how do you support them and hopefully continue to grow the beautiful game. Wow. That's like my favorite soccer family. Yeah, no, I mean, it was cool. I, again, another family that we met in Chicago yeah. and was just, it's, it has been become such a big part of our community. Not, I mean, not only has Dan become a big part of our community, but his daughter is as well, where I, I don't know about you, but every time I see a post of her refereeing or her playing or her going to another camp, like I'm rooting for her every single time now. And it's, it's just pretty cool because now I think we're all invested in Anna's growth, which is so cool because that's what this community is about, just being invested in, in each other and each other's growth, not only as coaches, but now as some, some of the people as athletes. And I can tell that Dan would be a player that we would want on our teams because uh, he had sent that in and sent me a tweet that said, ask for 60 and I'm going to give Coach Slaughterling 70, uh, as in the seconds that I we asked for everybody to do. <laughs> Always 115% for you, buddy. That made, You know what? That that guy just ran through a wall for Coach Slaughterling. Yeah, Dan Terry, you're, you're the man. It was a very, very big part of our community. It's awesome. <laughs> Let's get into the next one. Hey, all It's Jess Nash. Just wanted to congratulate you guys on your 100th episode. That's awesome. You guys are doing awesome work. I love listening in and chiming in to those weekly 
chats. So keep up the good work, guys. Thanks, Jess. Jess again is she's she's just one of my favorites. I mean, I I I she I think I said this in the episode that we had Jess on that it, you always have those people that you meet at camps or convention for the first time, and you're just like, yeah, I'm gonna be that person's friend whether they like <laughs> they want me to be or not. And I feel like you say that about everybody. And I'm just gonna force my friendship on all of you guys. Um, <laughs> but Jess was definitely one of those people. I still remember the first time I met her. I feel like. I just like stood next to her and just peppered her with questions. And I think it's so cool what she's doing with not only her individual rush club up in Wisconsin, but with the national stuff that they're doing with rush getting and the rush more, female coaching Alliance. Yeah. More like just the, I mean, I, I thought it was so cool when the, she came up to the symposium and brought a few of her own athletes to just yeah. experience like, that's cool. I mean, that means like, that's someone who's giving back to the game in more ways than it was probably even given to them. And that's, that is just Nash in a nutshell. Very, very cool. And thankfully that you're nice to Jess because that made her nice to me since you guys are connected and I'm connected to you that, uh, at the Wisconsin symposium, uh, the women's symposium, uh, you know, she just came up and it was like, we had known each other all our lives just from that one, uh, one night conversation, you know, recording the show. So, you know, big ups to, uh, to Jess Nash. And I, again, I think we said this after our show, uh, that's a name that we're going to be hearing here in the near future because she is doing big things. Let's please, get to the next one. Oh, go ahead. Say, please hire me and Sean when you get a big <laughs> Let's get into the next one. I think that Soccer Chat is a fantastic platform for coaches to share and learn new ideas. Whether coaches are in youth soccer, college, high school, at a DA, or wherever people are experiencing the game, people can get online and create the ultimate melting pot for any soccer issue. As a younger coach, I personally enjoy taking more of a backseat and just hearing from others to get some fresh ideas and alternative opinions on, on matters that I'm struggling with in my own journey. Um, I know I speak for all of us at Soccer IQ when I say we love everything that Soccer Chat stands for and long may it continue. That was Jack Hartley from Soccer IQ. Big shots to those guys. We love everything they do. Make sure to check them out. Uh, their website is SoccerIQEducation.com or they're also on Twitter, Soccer IQ one uh they're the guys who put out the awesome questions weekly for us uh with our man ellis riley uh that group of guys are just light years ahead of of what they're doing and i'm a better coach because of what those guys are doing yeah and i think again it, the coolest thing and we talk about this all the time we talked about it with uh john pranich we talked about it with ellis we've talked about it with a lot of people where they're are too many coaches even still that are afraid to share their ideas that are afraid to share their product and soccer IQ was one of the first ones I remember. And again, I I'm relatively new to the Twitter stuff, but they were one of the first ones I remember that were just always putting out sessions, always putting out film. And it's just, if we're all going to improve, we're all going to continue to get better at our craft, continue to get better at our job you need people like soccer IQ doing an awesome job. And so the fact that they give us their support is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Big shout out to Jack for, uh, for such a nice comments. And you know, that's, that's again, everything he just said is why this whole thing got started is just to create this community of, of coaches who want to learn from each other and, and are constantly looking uh, for that development and, and that need to want to learn from, from other coaches. Let's go into the next one. 
Hey, Sean. Hey, Nick. I just wanted to send a message in and say congratulations on 100 episodes and to thank you guys for all you do in providing a platform for soccer coaches to share ideas and network. I've been along for the ride for the past year and a half, and I haven't been as active recently, but I promise to get back into it real soon. I still remember listening to my first podcast, Sam Schrader's, I think, during preseason camp of my junior football season and loving the genuine, interesting conversations you guys get out of your guests. You gave me a platform to network with other coaches of all backgrounds and allow me to share my thoughts. Your chat helped me as a young coach build confidence in myself and my ideas while also allowing me to ask questions to grow and learn at the same time. I attribute a big chunk of my path from a Division I college football player to working full-time at a Big Ten women's soccer program to Soccer Chat. Again, thank you guys for everything you do because I know it's not easy, but I'm sure the network and following you've built and the impact it's had has made it all worth it. Congrats on 100, and my question to you guys is in the next 100 episode, in the next 100 episodes, who is one person that you want to talk to, and what's one thing you want to add to your Soccer Chat brand? Thanks, guys. Alex I, I love Alex, man. Just <laughs> he's working at Indiana now. That kid is, and he has, I shouldn't say kid. He's hes a very, very mature adult. More well, there, was a, there was a point where he like kind of stopped and sniffed. I was like, oh my God, he's going to cry on us. Yeah. But he didn't. Yeah. He is much more mature than you and me already. <laughs> um, God, that's a good question. Do you want to go first? You want me to go? No, first? you go ahead. I would love to get. You know what? I my our, I think our goal for us, we I think our next goal is to get a current national team player for either team to come on the show in the next one hundred. That would be like a cool goal for me. Okay, okay. And then what what do you want to add to the soccer chat brand? I gosh, I would love to get. I think one thing that we could add to what we do is maybe do like a. I would love to do like a weekly segment where we have like where we feature a coach, but like do it in a video way where we have like a, like one of our people that is coming on the show and feature them in like maybe a two to three minute segment of them doing something coaching related or answering a question or something like that, where, cause I, I am a big fan of more and more video, more and more just stuff like that. And so that would be maybe something that I think we could add. What about you? I'll, I'll put you in charge of that department. <laughs> off season. I'll do it next <laughs> um, I would say I, I would like to get, um, I'd like to get Jill Ellis on. Cause I want to congratulate her for that waxing that we put on Thailand, but I got to have my team do the same thing. Um, if I was in the situation, it was funny because as soon as that game got over with, um, my team that I've talked about that broke the state record for most goals in, in the state of Indiana, um, almost 70% of them from that roster, uh, sent me a text and said, coach, that was like watching one of our games. And that was every <laughs> single week. And then my wife at the end of the game was like, wow, I felt like I was watching one of your Lincoln games. I was like, yeah, that's that. I exactly like that. Um, but, uh, you know, that would be, I I'd like to get Jill on, um, someone from the national program, uh, coaching wise, uh, whether it be Jill, or um greg and i could just bet greg what are you what are you doing like i think i think I, I but the problem would be if, if we had greg on i think i would be real about it and then it probably would never get anybody from the u.s federation on the show again <laughs> well i mean we will cross that bridge when it when it comes and then the uh the thing for the brand i like your video idea that that's pretty cool um i i want more i want i want a coaching camp 
on top of a like player camp. I like that. Like people reach out to us and we get other soccer chat coaches and we all go to somebody's place and do like a two, three day camp. Um, and then on top of the camp for the kids, coaches can come out and we do like a like coaching course with them as well. Um, cause I think like I still from our, however many episodes ago where I was talking about like the super duper elite coaching camp clinic thing, like I still want to do that. I, it's just finding the ways to, to make it happen. Um, so like either, either doing camps or I'm all about the gimmicks, like some more merchandise, like some cool hats and, and jerseys and stuff like that. I think that would be, that'd be super cool. And doing a live show from an actual bar at convention. I can, I can, I can get behind that. <laughs> Let's get behind uh, this next one. Hey guys, my name is Matt Conti. And my favorite part about Soccer Chat is the community. You know, it's awesome that you can pretty much ask any question about soccer and there'll be some type of answer for it. You know, they don't shut off any of your questions. There was a really good podcast about formations and you can ask about formations, what helps defensively, what helps you get more attack, how you can set up for more, uh, some more set pieces. Um, and, you know, also ask about conditioning, you know, what you do for conditioning, how long, what types of periodization do you use and things of that nature. And I love it because it's some professionals, some people that do it for a living, some people just coach on a part-time just as a hobby because they love doing it. And it's just awesome to get the different perspectives. Now I've got friends in almost every state and across the world, and I really appreciate it, Soccer Chat. Thanks a lot, guys. That's what's I And what he just said is exactly the same thing for us. We now have coaching friends or friends who are coaches literally in almost every single state yeah and around yeah, the world that was again the coolest part about convention because i think i said this to you when we were there was a year before that if i would have went i would have been those one of those people that just walked around went to sessions quietly took notes probably went home and it was cool because we got to just go up and talk to so many people that we maybe hadn't met in person yet but we had met and we're our friends now and like people that we would call on a dime anywhere we're at. And that was pretty cool. That's for sure. Let's get into uh, our next one. Hi, this is Ellis Riley. Uh, just want to give a big shout out to Nick and Sean over at Soccer Chat for all the tireless work they do in helping coaches communicate and collaborate on a weekly basis via social media. Uh, the platform that Soccer Chat provides is very engaging. It's very open-ended and uh, we really appreciate it at Soccer IQ being able to pose our questions and scenarios through there on a weekly basis uh, and get to collaborate and discuss with many coaches through the online platform. So keep up the good work, guys. Really appreciate it. Alice Riley. Yeah. Again, all the stuff that we said about Soccer IQ in the previous one could not be restated more. I mean, Alice, again, he was one of the first people I remember that was not only putting out like those scenarios that we use every week, but he was putting out his own sessions. Like I remember one of the ones I remember was a finishing session that he did. They just filmed and put it with some of the college team that Hastings that he was doing. And it was just, it was really cool. I mean, again, that's, I, I didn't know much about Hastings before, but they were a team that I started to follow and support and cheer for every time that I saw the name pop up just because of what he had brought and the connection that we had made with him. 
he it's just a matter of time before he's big time like oh. i just they i we've always talked about or i've always said in the show one of the best advices i ever got uh for coaching i got from mike jacobs who's now the technical director for nashville fc was he said you had to be good at something other than coaching and Ellis is so good at incorporating technology into his coaching and using that to educate his players and that's just like that's some next level stuff because you you have a lot of people who make these things like what him and soccer iq are doing but they're not coaches and then you know they're those companies are trying to get you to, to use that with your teams well now you've got a group of coaches who are doing that and they're using it with their own players and seeing the success from it so else is else is going to be like the big time of like everybody that we've had on the show so far i think he's 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 destined for something bigger than uh than anything that we would ever um get into and our last one hey everyone this is manya papioni head coach women's soccer at marymount university my favorite soccer chat moment other than the fact that i got to do a podcast with the soccer chat guys before my husband bobby did was being on a live podcast at the united soccer coaches convention this past year in philly um alexi lawless had walked by and my husband yelled out to him that he can come back later for the selfie that alexi lawless wanted with him so definitely top favorite moment um of all soccer chat history bobby painted her to say that <laughs> no no but mine again one of the biggest one, one of the biggest gets that we've had i mean not only was just such a phenomenal player but has become such a great coach i mean not only with maryland before this but with her new job i mean Again, I think I, I don't know if I said this on a show or if I was texting you this where I was like, I don't want to recruit against her. I mean, <laughs> you know, Manya is going to be a person that is just going to blow up in terms of coaching. And Bobby, your husband, is just, he's been so unbelievable to us as well. I mean, there's really, there, there's not enough thanks that we could give both of them. So since that, uh, our, our, you know, thank you so much for you guys um, sending those things. And I think that's I, that's something actually I'd like to do is once a week, like take somebody's voice memo uh, and and answer a question or, you know, just put somebody else on um, in our in our intro. But I think because since that took so long, I think what we should do is just kind of give a nice little um, teaser review of our guests and just let that be the thing that uh, uh, that ends the show. What do you think about that? I like that. I can give All right. That. So on our hundredth episode, it was only fitting that we get our absolute most special guest ever, uh, Miss Becky Burley from the University of Florida, and we talk in the interview about the trouble it took to get her on the show, um, and whether it was us big timing her, her big timing us, whatever it may be, uh, it, it it was destiny for it to happen now, and you'll hear about how that happened organically. What are some some of your takeaways from this that you think people are going to enjoy hearing? I think the coolest thing about Becky, and I was actually talking to another coach that I work with here about her the other day, just because I was like joking with them that how lucky I felt that I actually got to have a conversation. She knows who I am, which is crazy. But I think the cool thing about her is two things. One, that she kind of, again, we talk about this a lot. She went through an unconventional route to be one of the best coaches in the country. I mean, it wasn't a very traditional route to get where she is. And the other thing that I love about her is how much work she does, not only as a soccer coach, but as a people developer, as a person who is trying to grow 
good i like i i do i don't know if you remember this but i always joke with tiffany pin because she said this like multiple times during her interview she becky burley is trying to develop good humans all mm-hmm. the time yeah. and i and i honestly like think that's my favorite part about her and you'll really see it with this interview i what i was taken back by was um when i was editing this together my wife was listening and I always mention like the what drives winning stuff to my wife because it, it all ties into education and, you know, things that um, administrators can do to like, you know, get principals or get teachers motivated, get students motivated, things like those lines. And we were traveling uh, after I'd gotten done editing it and she made the comment, you know, I, th- I really think I want to go see Becky speak. Like I want to, I want to talk to her more. She's like, I really, I really think that would help me out. And that, that tells you right there, here's somebody who's not even involved in, in sports or coaching. And now wants to reach out to Becky and, and wants to learn more and, and how to take these concepts that what drive winning does and plug it into her own um, career and her own line of work with the people that she works with. So that that's that stuck out to me a lot um, that everything that Becky talks about in this interview can work in any line of work, whether you're a coach who also works another job or you're a coach, a full time coach you can take these things from Becky and apply them to whatever workspace it may be. And so without a doubt, without a drum roll, we now give you for the hundredth episode, our guest this week, Becky Burley. months in the making it's been a very long time to make it i wasn't going to use that because there's there's a podcast i listen to where the guy says that about every single guest i was like i'm not going to use this one this was by far it's taken us the longest to get this going but it's a very (laughs) special one because this is the 100th episode we want to get somebody special on and just after you know that you basically beat us down in chicago about uh being a part of us uh we we felt like we needed to give you the special treatment and give you the hundredth episode ladies and gentlemen we have with us from the university of florida becky burley (laughs) it's the alliteration it works every time (laughs) so what's going on you guys the special treatment you're the ones who you know helped me out at the social oh well i mean that that's nothing that was just us doing what we do I don't even know if I can take any credit for that. Sean was like, I, that was the most in your element I've ever seen you, Sean. <laughs> presenting, presenting the trivia awards. Maybe, maybe in a past I, I life, was I was like thinking, Vanna White. I was thinking of new ideas for the social. So you should come back next year because that might be brand new. I'm thinking about doing late night art at the social. I'm all about that. 
Ooh. And DJing while the art is going on. Yes, I'm all for that. Okay. Cool. I'm all for that. Uh, you also, one year, I think would be funny to do like a uh, spoof of The Tonight Show. We could do that and just have different guests. And have different guests. And I mean, I'm not saying I know people who could host and, and you know, bring you the same type of like Jimmy Fallon or uh, Conan O'Brien, Phil. But I mean, I feel like I would know some people that could pull that off. I love that idea. That that might go ahead of the late night art. <laughs> But as you mentioned late night, that was the first thing in my mind. I was like, oh, it would be cool to do like the Tonight Show. Um, and like have various guests on there and, and basically make it like a live version of this where we're just kind of talking. Obviously, you know, with the theme about whatever um, you guys would be focusing on at that time. But I think it's a social. Awesome. We don't need a theme. It's a social. Okay, well, then fine. We're going to just have fun <laughs> with it. We will do our own version of the Tonight Show. We'll call it the um, the late night social. Oh, we'll the late night social. There we go. Late night social. So Becky, in case yes. somebody's been uh, living underneath a rock for the last few years, um, soccer chat is about knowing, you know, to know who you are, the coach. Now we've kind of got to know where you've been and what you've done. So for somebody who may be living under a rock and does not know the name of the double B, how can, or B squared, whichever you prefer. Um, <laughs> I prefer S squared. Uh, I have been how, called B squared. Yeah, I like, I dig that. I dig that. And unfortunately, you should have never told me that because from now on, I'm going to be squared. Um, I'm going to change your contact info in my phone right now to be squared. Um, but give somebody kind of a, a brief uh, detail of, of, you know, how you got to where you're at now, where you started at. And if you've got to go back all the way to the U8 playing days, we're OK with that. Um, there are some who hmm. aren't OK with that, but we're OK with it. And got to brag. Do and it. again, we, we tend to make fun of those people afterwards, but it's, it's all <laughs> never, never on air. Never on air. <laughs> this, you, you know, this is a great story because first of all, I don't even have a U8 playing. I was living in Massachusetts at U8 and there was no soccer in rural Massachusetts at that time. <laughs> um, it was a communist sport, I think. Uh, <laughs> so I moved to Florida when I was 10 and I moved across the street from a soccer field. I had never played soccer in my life. And my parents were like, you guys need to meet new kids. So we're going to sign you up for soccer. And great news was the very first year we moved there was the first year they had a girls team and we were sponsored by a marina. Every team had like a cool name, except for us. We were the youngest team. So we were the dinghies. The dinghies. The dinghies. I'm all, and, I'm all bored for the dinghies. Can we get, dinghy <laughs> can we get a jersey? Like, do they still make jerseys for that team? Because I would I wear a dinghy jersey. I hope not. Because it only got worse because in high school, I grew up in Tarpon Springs, Florida, which if you don't know Tarpon Springs, it's like a total like Greek town. Um, a lot of Greek immigrants lived there. And when they came over, they were sponge divers. So my high school was the spongers. <laughs> Have you already had the greatest team names? Like, how, I know. no wonder I, you've been in the sport for so long. If those were the first two names of my teams, I'd give my entire life. Yes. So the dinghies and the spongers. And then after that, I went to Methodist college in Fayetteville, North Carolina which is also a great story because my college coach wanted my best friend and our goalkeeper and our goalkeeper happened to be our coach's daughter. So she was like, well, she kind of wants to go play college soccer too. And he said, well, if you can get those two to come, then you can come too." which I did my very first recruiting event right there. got two of my high school classmates to go with me to Methodist. Unfortunately for him, they both transferred after a year and he was stuck with me. Uh, so he didn't, he didn't win that one. Apparently he didn't win that exchange. 
Uh, technically, no, but you know, I'd say in the big picture, I think he did, but it took him a while to get there. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, like, so what was what was soccer like at that point um, at Methodist? Like, what? How many teams were there? Like, how many? Like, was it was it still big at that point, or was it kind of something that was growing? So, so what are you trying to say? It was like a long time ago. I, no, I, I think, was it 1988? I think I could look it up. Roast him this entire time, ago. please. It was a long time ago. And yes, my first year, there were no divisions. So like everybody played everybody. And so because we were in Fayetteville, North Carolina, of course, we played Carolina. We played NC State. We played, well, Duke didn't even have a team yet. They started one like two years in. Um, but my first, my freshman year, college soccer so i'm thinking like i've hit the big time i'm playing college soccer this is so cool my first year our first three games were george mason who won the national championship that year nc state who was amazing and carolina we were outscored i believe it was something like 17 to 1 in my first three games and i'm like this college soccer is not really that fun uh, hey, this is not better. what i signed up for <laughs> It got better. It got better. We started playing other teams that were a little more comparable to us. And um, I loved it. I loved my four years. I mean, I wouldn't change a thing. Now it's Methodist University because it's gone big time since I left. But, um, you know, there's there's a lot of great coaches that have come out of Methodist College. And then I went to Barry College and coached my first coaching, which was pretty crazy. I graduated in May, took the Barry job in June. I have a late birthday, so I was 21. Um, so there were four players when, on the when's first your birthday, team. June, what October. Oh, October. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm dumb. I heard June and was like, <laughs> my birthday's in June too. Well, it was like halfway through the season before I turned 22. So, um, so I coached there for five years and then I went to Florida and I've been at Florida ever since. So I mean, I, before we, Sean, before we get too far ahead, we do have three time all conference Becky Burley on the, well, on see, the this is, that's what I wanted to bring up. So you okay. see, Becky, this is well, the are episode. You counting, are you counting my tennis career or just soccer? No. It, it, I, from my research, it was three-time first-team All-USA South Athletic Conference. Um, I don't know if that three-time is right. I think I might have made it at least once, but I don't know. I mean, I don't then know. the Methodist website is wrong because <laughs> it's on there. It's on there. Or maybe I've been posthumously um, awarded that. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is that this is the 100th episode. And uh, we are recording this a, a little bit earlier. Um, your your goalkeeper, I currently well, only on my, my senior year. Only okay, my senior year. Okay, well that helps out a little bit because you know they're um, at the end of this episode we're going to release Nick and I soccer chat global women's and men's team. He's got the men's side. I'm taking the women's side. Still under protest, by the way. But... Hey, whatever you <laughs> you you've got ringers. You just won't tell me yet. Um, Make your case to be on that team as a goalkeeper, which there's already, um, I see, I have, I think there's five overall that I got to choose from or a field player. And there's lots of field player positions that are open. Okay. Um, I will not make my case as a goalkeeper because the only reason I was a goalkeeper was because our first team goalkeeper tore her ACL and our second team goalkeeper um, was academically ineligible. So mm. they said, who is dispensable? tall and has <laughs> decent hands that was me and you were like so, sign me up and then but prior to that so i started my career as a forward then a midfield then i went back oh. further center back but i was a center back in the day of the stopper which was helpful since i was really slow so i could have a fast sweeper behind me 
So in short, I don't think I'm going to make your all team. Mm. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, the thought was there at least. Yeah, it was. Uh, but you know, I'm sure there's plenty more worthy candidates. I, I don't know if you've seen some of the guests we've had. Um, we, You'd beat uh, out most of the guys, if we're being honest. You'd beat out most of the guys. I would take you. So if you're willing to trade <laughs> to the men's side, I will take you, Becky. You well, can... you know, I just I I think you would really reduce the quality of your team if you. <laughs> well, and you can you can take over for me and coach. Then you can. <laughs> Good thing you don't have to be a good player to be a good coach. No, that's that is very very true, and hopefully me and Sean will one day be able to prove that part of it um, <laughs> <laughs> that we weren't good players and we could eventually be good coaches. But um, I feel like since I played every position, even though I was continued to get demoted, um, if though I played every position, you know, it just gave me a lot of um, context for coaching. Like by what? accident. When did you like, so when did you start, when was your like actual first coaching job? Like wh when did you first, did you do camps or like, how'd you get into going into Barry? Well, my first coaching job was when I was 11, because when I moved to Florida and across the street from that soccer field, all the new kids on our team, they would always send them to my house. And they're like, go to Becky's. Like she lives right across the street. She'll show you what you're supposed to do. You are officially the youngest person to start coaching on our show. Yes. I was, I was, I think 15 was the earliest one where somebody said, okay, this is what I want to do. You now have no, one. I was 11. I was 11. I clearly remember the moment, <laughs> but after that I did. So in college, um, my college coach was Joe Pereira. He was amazing. And he helped me get started because I knew I wanted to coach, but all my coaches had just been someone's mom or dad. So um, when I saw him as like a professional coach, I was like, oh, wow, this is like actually really possible and cool. So um, I stayed every summer of my college career. He helped me get hooked up with ODP and worked camps. And I mean, I just, I coached, you know, that whole 10,000 hour rule thing. I mean, I must've exceeded that by like my junior year. So it was, uh, it was always something I wanted to do. I just, my parents didn't think it was a very practical career. So I had to major in something else. What did you major in? I was a biology major and a chemistry minor because um, I thought, well, I could teach and coach. You know, that's I've seen people do that. And uh, my dad thought that was a good idea. And he's like, well, what would you want to teach? And I was like, English. And he's like, they never need English teachers. It's either math or science. I'm like, well, I hate math. So I guess it'll be science. That's how I picked my major. <laughs> do you use that major ever in your current line of work? Sometimes when I'm cooking and I have to, you know, use those um, little beakers to measure things. But What's your favorite thing to cook? Anything. I, you know, if I had, if I was not a coach, I would cook a lot more. I love cooking. I, I see you as like a, a grill master. Like as long as, I guess maybe because you're in Florida, like I could just see like the patio griller, everybody like from the neighborhood. Oh, well, Bucky's grilling. Is outside in Florida, like the last thing you want to do is stand in front of a grill. Like, well, I mean, like you can get it started. You have to stand in front of it the entire time. You can you can be a master from a distance. That's true. No, I, I I'm I'm a big believer in uh, trying new things in the kitchen. So you know, who knows what you're gonna make? I dig it. I dig it. And then, how were those first few years at Barry? Okay, crazy. Um, I remember one trip. I forgot to get the money out of the ATM for our team, and it was before like there was a school credit card. So I called like every friend I had to meet me at the ATM because my ATM would only let me take out $200. So I literally called like probably 20 friends and asked them to take out money for me. And then I had money for the trip. <laughs> look, look at this early fundraising. 
that well i gave it back to him but <laughs> and then um my very first trip so brett simon was the men's coach we were traveling together and um i was really nervous because it was our first road trip so i decided to stay on campus at barry with a friend of mine who lived on campus again before cell phones set my alarm slept on the couch um the power went out my alarm did not go off i woke up at like 8 20 we were leaving at eight so i just literally ran to the bus the whole men's team was there the whole women's team was there i had like lines on my face from the couch and um, my hair was like sticking up in six directions but you know we we were only a few minutes late <laughs> that's awesome i'm glad First you brought i'm glad you brought up the hair because <laughs> anybody who googles you you have had quite the um collection of hairstyles yeah, and i I, know, I like it i this is what i think about hair it grows so if you know it's just gonna do something different with it you know who cares i don't really care is it hard for like websites to keep up with you on your mugshot because i feel like maybe like every year you have a different style well our our communications person always asks me every year if i want to do a, a headshot and i you know she says it very subtly like maybe you should because the last one you look totally <laughs> but <laughs> i do i probably do need to do another one because i don't think i've done one now in like five years so with, with your time at Barry, you know, the being late, uh, running from the couch, I'm, I'm sure that yes. uh, got a good laugh from uh, from the bus when you got there. I got was a there... round of applause. <laughs> well, was it something that re were you thought to yourself, like, you know, these mistakes are happening? You know, obviously a young coach, but like, man, I, I really don't know if I want to do this anymore. Um, No, I mean, it was it was really hard, but it was really fun. I was really lucky. I was surrounded by a great men's coach, a great athletic director. The other coaches at Barry were really, really supportive of me. Um, so in all, I mean, the experience at Barry was just you could not ask for a better first coaching experience in terms of not just having a great team. I inherited a great team from Ray Leone. Um, and so that helped the fact that I had all the support helped. I mean, I just don't think many people get the, the head start that I got with a job like that. When, uh, and like, so then I like through your career, Barry, you guys ended up winning actually two national NAI national championships for you there. Was that like, when you won the second one, was that in the Florida job kind of opened up simultaneously? Was that like, were you ready to move on at that point? Was it like, I think with Florida starting a program, this is a good next step for me at this. Yeah, you know, that was time where there were just a ton of jobs open. And um, I I wasn't in any rush to leave because I really loved Barry, but there were just so many jobs coming open. I remember like South Carolina opened at the same time, Wake Forest opened at the same time. And, you know, at that point, I had been up in that area of the country and I thought, well, maybe one of those would be great. But then when Florida opened, I, you know, I, I knew I wanted to be in Florida because my parents were in Florida, my brothers were in Florida. So I just, you know, that, that to me sort of took precedence. I had, I had interviewed for some jobs prior to that, but then when Florida opened and I actually interviewed for Florida, I was like, this is the job. And if they offer it to me, I'm taking it. They don't even have to, I remember I, I came on the interview and it was like a day and a half interview. And, um, I had probably started at nine and at lunch, I called a friend of mine and I'm like, I'm, I'm taking this job if they offer me. I had only been here like two and a half hours. <laughs> so, but it was, it was great. You could tell the commitment. You could tell, I just felt the vibe was great. It was a lot of young coaches too. Um, not as young as me, but like definitely people I could relate to. And I, I really knew right away. That's awesome. And then like, what was it like getting there with no team and having to bring an entire roster in? Did they, did you have like a gap year where they, 
allowed you to just recruit before you play or did you get going right away? Yeah, we had one year, but it was horrific. I will never do that again. Um, I mean, it's great to have started a program. I'm glad I can say I did that, but I would never want to do it. It it was, I can remember days where like I would get to work, like, especially on a Monday after a weekend of recruiting, cause you don't have hosts, you don't have anything. You're relying on like the other teams to help you. You're on like 24 seven. Um, and it was exhausting. And I can remember thinking like, all right, I got to think about what do I need to get done this week? And then that was like too overwhelming. So then I'd be like, all right, what do I need to get done today? And then I'd be like, okay, what do I need to get done before lunch? <laughs> and that's how I operated some days where it's just like trying to get through the day. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I, I, I obviously I've never done it myself, but that just seems like it would just be a super high stress situation because like you have nothing to fall back on. If, if, if like recruiting fails, like, even if like next year, if we like went through, like we, we don't graduate a big group. If I go O for the year, like I still have a team that can, I can put on the field. Like you don't, you, there's no margin for error when that happens. No, it was, it's, I mean that the year and you know, Florida was a little bit unique in the fact that they gave the year. So I thought they were ahead of the curve when doing that. Um, if that hadn't happened, I don't, I don't even know how you would do it if you didn't have that year in advance, but even that year in advance didn't seem like enough. Yeah. And like with you, like when you were going through it, like what were some of the things like that you found early in your career recruiting to division one that you, you maybe didn't know when you started? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, you know, when I was at Barry, I really didn't know what I was doing. So like I was recruiting division one players. I mean, I, I remember recruiting kids that like committed to Carolina when I was at Barry and <laughs> You know, they were really nice. They weren't like, are you insane, like, recruiting me? Um, but I just didn't really know any better. So I think when I went to Florida, it was kind of like, okay, now we're recruiting these same kids, but we can actually get some of them. And, you know, it never hurts when a player like Danielle Fotopoulos transfers in early. I mean, she was the nation's leading scorer at SMU before she came to Florida. Um, and, you know, like, when that happens, and and then on top of that, you know, you get Abby Wambach, who like clearly an out of the box choice for her um, because she could have gone anywhere she wanted. I Anson always gives me a hard time about that because he said the only reason she came to us is because he didn't offer her a full ride. So, <laughs> um, But, you know, I just think you live and learn as you go with the recruiting piece. But I can't think of any one thing um, more than just like I knew Florida, you could recruit the best players because you know, every other sport here was doing that. So the people that were the coaches at that time here, like they were huge support people for me because they just gave me a, like kind of a roadmap as to how to get it done. Well, what was that like coaching? I mean, that first year recruiting as a division one program and you're having to go against the, the UNC's and the Wake Forest's and the, you know, all these big schools and you're just starting out is how much of it is like you mentioned having the support staff of the rest of the athletic department and how much of it was just, hey, it's a new program, and hey, it's in Florida. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a lot of people who were very excited about Florida starting soccer. So that was a huge draw right from the beginning. And like I said, the fact that every other sport at Florida had been really successful at that time. And so it's like it was easy to sit in someone's living room back when we sat in people's living rooms um, <laughs> and say, you know, like, look at our volleyball team. Look at our tennis team. 
you know, look at our football team. Like every sport here is amazing and soccer is going to be no different. Why would you think soccer would be no different? And, you know, a lot of people, um, bought that faith and, and then it just, you know, started very quickly for us, which was really a big jump start. That's awesome. Hey, actually, I was kind of curious. I'm kind of glad you brought her up. I was, I was home at this weekend visiting my parents. My mom still is a big soccer person and she actually bought the book Wolfpack. And so I just finished reading it last night. It's, it's pretty so quick. Good. Oh, it's so, it's a pretty quick read too, which was awesome. Like I, I, I read, I sat down, I read it one night. It was a really quick read. If, if you don't mind saying like, what was it like the recruiting process to get Abby to Florida? Well, huge assist to Mrs. Wambach because um, I remember we were somewhere playing. I, I can't even remember where we were. And I don't remember how she reached me because I, I'm sure we didn't have cell phones then. Maybe it was like there was a message to call her. So I called her and she's like, <laughs> you need to call Abby because I think she's going to take her last visit to whoever calls her next. So call her right now. And I was like, okay. So I called her. She came on the visit. Um, and then I just think, you know, I mean, everybody who knows Abby knows she's she's not going to be the traditional person in terms of the way she makes decisions about anything. So the fact that she chose Florida shouldn't seem that unusual for people who know her. But just think about it. Like when you're someone coming out and you can go to any school you want to and, you know, everybody would have loved to have had her. I remember literally sitting on a hill with Clive Charles, who at the time was like my coaching idol. Um, and he knew we were recruiting Abby and he knew we already had Danielle Fotopoulos. And he's like, man, he goes, if you get Abby and you already have Danielle, you'll win a national championship. And I mean, hearing that from him, I was like, oh my gosh, I hope so. <laughs> <You> know, like... <laughs> but that, yeah, that's awesome. And like, it's gotta be one of those situations where like, I, like it kind of sounds like, like, I don't know, I don't know the exact word for it, but like, you probably see like dollar signs, like in your eyes, like when like are stars in your eyes, when you like get that recruit, you're like, oh man, like this could change my life a little bit, like for the next few years. Yeah. You know, I don't even think I understood that at the time. Um, I mean, certainly it did, but I don't think I thought that at that time. I just knew that, you know, Abby was amazing and that everybody wanted her. And, you know, when you get, like I said, two strikers like Abby and Danielle together up top, I mean, that's just, that's just craziness. Um, and so it was really fun to, to be a part of both of their journeys and, you know, to see them even advance beyond what they're doing. I mean, like Abby's activism is you know that's crazy like she's just she's so huge i feel like she's bigger now than she was as a player you know and then you know danielle is coaching at eckerd college and she's got four kids one of whom is a freshman on our team which is bizarre <laughs> um so it's just really cool honestly the last like i i don't even know what it was i think it was the, if you call it the epilogue like the last like letter that she has in the book for, that i finished last night like it's one of the best letters I've read. I actually, I just screenshot and sent it to our entire team like last night at like 1030 because it was just so cool. Yeah, it's a great book. I, I really recommend it. I've, I've sent it to a few of our players and I gave it to all the seniors that graduated and um, they've actually passed it on to a few people on our team too. And it's just really, I think it really speaks to people in, in a way that you wouldn't expect. Absolutely. And then, so kind of moving on, like what was, one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about, because I think it's, one of those things that is really unique to you is not only are you a coach, but you're a person that helps out a lot of other coaches, like through the what drives winnings through your own stuff. When did that all start or how did that all start? Um, 
Well, I would say that, you know, coming from a division three school and then going to an NAI school, like I do feel like I have a little different background. Like almost everybody at Florida all played division one, came from division one, have coached division one. So I think my mentality is slightly different, but I would say probably like the big aha moment for me came probably like maybe seven or eight years ago. And I was at the NCAA does a program called the women's coaches Academy And I remember one of the speakers was talking about like, what have you done to give back? And I was thinking like, well, not really that much. So (laughs) I kind of need to get my act together. And it was right after that, that um, I started teaching for the Women's Coaches Academy right after that, that I met Brett Ledbetter, who is my business partner with What Drives Winning. And it kind of all seemed to come at once um, to where I really feel like it's important to, to give back and, and even something little, like, you know, if particularly like if a woman loses her job in coaching, like it's very, it's very traumatic for everyone. But I feel like with a lot of women, they, they just, they, they feel like they're, they're going to get out of coaching at that point. So like even just reaching out and trying to help them, you know, sort through whether they want to still be in the profession or find a way to keep them in the profession. Like, I don't know. I just feel like that's something as a more experienced, not older, more experienced coach, like we should, we should all reach out to help people, um, that have helped us because I mean, I was definitely a huge benefactor of multiple people for me to get to where I was going. Cause my path is not normal. Yeah. And I think that's cool. I think the one of the things that I, to be honest, that was, one of the first experiences I ever heard you talk. Cause like, there's not like a ton of like women's soccer is getting better and better, especially in the recent years. But like that was through those, what drive winning thing. That was like one of the first time I ever heard you like talk about your philosophy and what you do and stuff. And like, I think that that's something that we just need to continue to get more and more exposure, not only to the women's soccer game, but to this sports in general to learn from other coaches, because I don't think it, we have enough resources sometimes out there where you're getting to talk to other women soccer coaches. No, and I agree. I mean, and I think it, I think really we should be even more global than that. Like I think I just got back from a week out in Colorado with um, camp elevate, which is a camp for coaches of all sports. And, you know, that's a really cool situation because there's less, um, I don't know, less, there's more openness when you're in a room full of people that are in different sports. Like people are less likely to be worried about sharing or, you know, thinking they're going to lose their competitive edge or something like that. So I think it's really cool to cross borders with your sport too. Um, and I've done that a lot at Florida. We have a great coaching group here where we are. So it's not just being supportive of each other. I think a lot of schools have that, but like, it's like we literally use each other to help process things and to support one another winning or losing. And I mean, it's, it's a really unique environment. I love it. I love that part of Florida. Yeah, Walton's one of my favorites too. Like just like all the stuff that he is. One of you, you see what happened this weekend with his pitcher. That yeah, was so cool. Yep. Like it was. I loved. It was like almost a mirror image of the one that Brett made fun of him for. Like because they yeah. had that walk off hit, and it was like the same thing where he's doing like his rounding third celebration, and the person, the, the athlete, was not even close to home yet. But he's like yeah. all excited that it's going in. Yeah, he's been. He's great. Matter of fact. Um, Ironically, I am sitting in his office right now because uh, they moved. They have a brand new facility and they built offices out there and I'm moving into his office. So I've got a little Tim Walton right here. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. 
Oh, and like with you, like when did it start to where you started looking at a lot of the off the field stuff in terms of the team building and all the different activities that you guys do off the field? When did that all start for you and why did that start? Because I think that, again, that's one of the things that makes you a little bit unique from the coaches I've met where that is seemed to always been such a big part of what you do there. Well, I, I will do two, two things. I think one, again, I think it's part of my background, you know, in division three, you were definitely a student athlete, um, not just an athlete. So I think that background sort of brought me there. Um, and I, I would say Joe Pereira, my coach had a big influence on that. He was very much a member of the community of Methodist, not just a coach. Um, and then I think with Brett's guidance with what drives winning, like I always had that, but he showed me a way to like systematize it more and actually embed it into what you do in a in an actual process as opposed to just sort of like these one-offs that a lot of times we do as coaches and I think like his influence has been huge when it comes to how to do that let's talk real here <laughs> I've been I've been sitting back and I've been, I've been waiting for this and we skipped over the fact <laughs> that you won the national championship in your fourth year as a program. <laughs> yes, that did happen. But it was ancient history, so we probably should skip that. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's ancient history. Four <laughs> years. Like, that's incredible. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, Elvis. Um, <laughs> what was, I mean, what's that? I mean, we, we've asked people who won, you know, various championships on here before, you know, that feeling. But what's the, that's a different feeling of. I built, I built this program and literally four years worth of work. So like my very first class, look what we've done. Well, you know, it, it was, it's really amazing when you look back at it now, for sure. Like while you're in it, I mean, I can remember thinking, so, you know, when I took the job at Barry, um, again, my parents, super practical people, um, and they never really thought coaching was a real job. And so when I went to Barry, my family like, still thinks the same thing. <laughs> My parents were like, well, you know, like it's a little hobby. She'll, she'll do this for a little while and then she'll figure <laughs> she'll out. She'll be a biology teacher at yeah. some point. Um, I, I did get a job, offered a job at Publix in their food preservatives department. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but then I remember, cause my parents went to the championship in Greensboro, which, which was big in itself. Cause my mom's disabled. She's been disabled most of her adult life. So getting them there was pretty amazing by Florida. Um, and like, I just remember them being in the crowd and seeing them afterwards and kind of feeling like, okay, they really get it now. Like this is a real job. And it's not just like that they were proud, but like that it was more just like they could actually see that it was more than just like a game. Yeah. You hear that too with like, um, oh, I can't think of it. Uh, some show I was, I watch that one of the actors was on a show and he, they had talked about how their parents did not believe that they had like a real job and they were like, <laughs> Oh yeah, sure. You're on TV, whatever. But then when they started going on doing these talk show rounds, they're like, Oh, you're going on Jimmy Fallon. Oh, you're going on uh, James court. Like, Oh, well you must be okay then. Um, and then said that his parents finally recognized that he had a real job when his mom was like, Hey, uh, can I have 5k to do the concrete in my driveway? And he was like, sure, <laughs> mom, no problem. And he was like, that's when my parents finally realized like, this is a job that I've got. Um, so that's cool for you to like, what a moment too, for them to like come to that realization, like a, like she's pretty good at this and be like, Hey, this is a pretty cool, pretty cool job for her. 
Well, it's really cool this year because um, we're going to do a 25th year anniversary of soccer at Florida. We always have reunions. We have reunions like at least once a year, sometimes twice a year. Um, but this year we're having a reunion of the parents too. So oh. that's going to be really cool because they've never had a reunion, you know? So I, yeah. I really am hoping a bunch of the players will bring their parents and of course their kids. So it'll be like three generations, <laughs> but it's going to be real fun. I don't even play at Florida and I want to be a part of this. Um, <laughs> it's going to be a Palooza. Oh, I like, oh, okay. The Gator Palooza. I'm, I, I smell what you're cooking there. Um, and also too, like, from that moment for you as, as, you know, creating this program, you win that national championship in that fourth year, you know, is the, and I don't want to say, I hate saying the word pressure because there's no matter what the job is, there's pressure. Now is there an expectation maybe of like, okay, like, Hey, you did this in four years. Um, you know, what do you need? What can we do to help you out? Or like, Hey, you've got this from here now. Like you, you, you understand what to do. What was that support then from your administration and from other coaches like? having that success that early? Um, well, I definitely think, you know, you light the fire that burns you for sure. Like you, you raise expectations and then there's a level of competency that you need to get to all the time. Um, but there's also like so many, you know, pitfalls that would be great to, to have, to have knowledge of before you get there. So for like example, we built the program on kids, some superstars, clearly like Abby and Danielle and other people, but like a lot of people that were in our program were kids who they came to Florida because they really wanted to build something and they wanted to be part of something growing. And then after the championship, there were a lot of kids who were interested in Florida because we were already champions. And that's a totally different kid. And, you know, like you can get blinded by the talent that you have access to that you might not have had access to prior and um, I learned that pretty quickly, um, but I did have to learn it for sure. And then I just think that, um, you know, making sure that you have that balance of like, you still want to grow and change and get better, um, but you still want to stick true to the principles that got you there. And like, how do you, how do you keep that balance? I think that's something that's always interested in, co I'm interested in seeing coaches go through. Um, once they achieve a level of success, because sometimes like, you know, we just had a poor season. We don't want to change everything. I mean, I think we're doing some things well, even though we didn't get the results we wanted. Um, but you certainly can't just sit around and be like, oh, we're going to be fine because, you know, this is just a, a strange year, you know, so it's finding that balance. You, you seem to me, um, and this is where like my like weird thinking comes in play. So the, the big discussion now is various coaches being able to go various places. You hear about Becky Harmon possibly coaching, becoming a head coach in the NBA. You hear of Emma Hayes possibly becoming, uh, you know, a men's coach in the in the the Prim League. I feel like you could be an excellent men's coach. Like, I, there's just something like I, I I get this like vibe, and not just that like you're like, uh, you know, with everything with the what drives winning and just what you talk about, like how you build your um, your programs. Like, I feel like that's something that is missing and that's something that like somebody like yourself could be very successful even on the other side and i know it's not even like a thought to you whatsoever <laughs> and i'm not trying to like get any like dirt sheet rumors going on about <laughs> becky burley's gonna coach the men's program mm. um but like i feel like now i think i think i have found the american version of the female coach who could be successful on the men's side well, I, I don't know about that. I I do think coaching is coaching. I mean, I don't think it's got a gender. And I do think 
Um, like, I feel like if a, if a, if a guy player was trying to like dish it out to you, you would dish it right back and then he would shut up and be like, yep, <laughs> you're right. Well, I did grow up with two older brothers. So, you know, I yeah. have- <laughs> um, I think that I have learned a ton from the what drives winning coaches that have been part of our program because, um, you know, so many of them are like, we're talking like professional, um, basketball, football, high level college football, and the pressures and the things that they have to deal with are different than what I'm dealing with as a women's soccer coach, even at the university of Florida. And so seeing those sides of that and being able to kind of take that in and understand their point of view. And it's so easy. Like when you see something on Twitter, like to make a judgment, I'm not, I'm not a very judgmental person. Like I, I can see that. Okay. Like this has another side to it that we don't understand. And it might be difficult for us to understand because we don't live in that world. So from that standpoint, I do feel like um, I have expanded outside of just the women's soccer world with an understanding, not necessarily having gone through it, but um, with an understanding of what those pressures and situations might be like. So what you're saying is that you would be the best tennis coach. (laughs) Well, not if you ask my, I play tennis in a league here in, in Gainesville. And uh, if you asked anybody on in that league, they would say 100% not. <laughs> <laughs> so like, so what, like, did you play other sports too? Like you seem like a pretty athletic person. No. So in college, um, when I moved across the street from that soccer field, there was also a tennis court. And so I never played tennis because I was always at the soccer field. But in college, my freshman year, they were going to shut down the tennis team at floor. I mean, at Methodist. And they came around to all the other teams. They're like, hey, um, we don't have enough players. We're not going to have a season. Anybody played tennis? And I was like, well, I live across the street from a tennis court. And they're like, <laughs> you're in. <laughs> so I played tennis my freshman year. My sophomore year, my college coach, my soccer coach became the tennis coach, which was miserable because, you know, what? this is what he said to us. Like, I am no lie. Like, anybody who's played tennis will appreciate this. So he would get us all together before a match, and he'd be like, look, He's like, we're not doing that baseline bullshit. Serve and volley. <laughs> nice. So that was my sophomore, my sophomore year. Then my junior year, we actually got a real coach. Um, I still played. And, um, and then my senior year, I couldn't because I was student teaching. And so I couldn't, I couldn't make it to practices. So I didn't play my senior year. I am now ex- I play here in Gainesville. You know, I'm a 4.0, just like my GPA. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm excited about the possibility of somebody listening to this and emailing you about being a recruit and saying, I live across the street from a soccer field. <laughs> yeah, I had high qualifications for that first year. <laughs> What, uh, what are some, some things, you know, I, I've seen a little bit from, um, just like from your, your social media, you seem like a, a big family oriented person when it comes with your team. Um, and that too can be a part of the, the, the culture that you, you established there. Um, you have some really nice get togethers with your players. Yeah. I think what is so cool. Like when, when you move from that border of being an alumni to, uh, a current player to an alumni, like it's just so much fun. I really love that part of coaching. And, um, you know, at Florida, we're lucky because there's not like an era of coaches, like everybody's been coached by the same people. Me and Vic have been here the entire time. So, um, I think that makes our alumni group much more cohesive. I mean, matter of fact, this morning I got a text from like four of them who are going to go tubing down the Itchituckney river on Saturday, which I'm bummed that I'm going to miss. <laughs> um, so, but for a good reason, cause I'm going to France for the world cup. But um, that I think our group is really tight because of that. And I think that's cool. Uh, we have one of our players who's been playing in Spain for the last year. She's here this week. 
working camp of all things. Um, so it'd be great to catch up with her this week. So I think it's just a tight group and it, I think that's one of the most rewarding parts of what I do. As I say, it seems like a lot of your players really stay in contact with you. Not just like the typical players stay in contact of like once a year, getting in touch with you. Like it seems like you probably get emails and text messages every day. Yeah, we, we are, we are a pretty unique group. I think, I think that's, I, I credit a lot of our players for that too. Like they, they stay in touch. I mean, um, you know, I try to like, whenever we're playing somewhere, I try to send out something so that alumni know whenever an alumni is in town, whether it's in Gainesville or if we're somewhere and they are there, we're going to ask them to come speak to our team. Uh, and I never tell them what to talk about and they're always amazing. So it's like, it's just fun way to, to kind of keep the current team connected and make them realize that, you know, they're playing for something bigger than just this current year's team too. And I'm going to go on the limb with a Nick Rizzo question. What is your favorite <laughs> thing to coach? Like what's your favorite Fav- topic? Oh, favorite topic. You mean like a soccer topic? I'm, I wasn't thinking about tennis, but I mean, um, I, you know what the players will joke because, um, we keep these certain stats and, you know, like they're, they're usual unusual stats, like not stats that you normally see in the game. And, uh, my favorite one is block shots. And just because like nobody wants to block a shot because it hurts, but it's like such an effort stat. So yeah, um, I like it so much. Like every time someone blocks a shot, like I scream in practice, I love block shots. And our team actually you scream out, I love block shots, or you just scream yes. out? No, I just scream out. I love I yo, I love block shots. Okay, okay, I like and that. And then they bought me a t-shirt that says I love block shots. <laughs> 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 I'll be waiting on that uh blue and orange jumpman edition of I like block shots. Yes, I wore it, I wore it at the SEC tournament during warm up one day in my will you wear it for like your first televised game next season for us? I could. I could at least put it on at the beginning, you know, and do like a, like Elton John, like change a lot. Yes, yes. <laughs> Um, your team also, you know, just your personality and and like, I don't know if I, I don't know how Nick feels, but I, I feel like I'm talking to Don too. You guys, personalities are like, so like the same. And like, I just like, you probably are like, I don't want to be resembled to Don, like forget her, like whatever. (laughs) But, uh, but it just seems like your your team, like you have a good time. Like I'm sure like your warmups are fun. I'm sure like getting ready for games is really fun. Well, I, don't, I don't think our players would say that all the time. But... Well, yeah, but for, for the most part, like just as a general, like as if things are going well, I bet the, I bet things are, are fun uh, around B squared. We, we try to mix it up here and there. We try to. I, so, I players would want us to do that more <laughs> <laughs> so whenever b squared is getting ready for a game and you've got whether it's the the ipod or, or you're in the car or, or whatever it may be what is your jam of choice Ooh, that's a hard question because you know as a dj there's just so many choices out there yeah um and and i just i just dj'd my nephew's wedding in december and um, what is your dj's name b squared um, I, I don't really have one. I do need to come up with one. I think V squared um, is the way to go. <laughs> I just DJed the, the late night art at the camp elevate. That was really fun too. Um, so I don't know, back to the original question. What would be my favorite song to get ready for? Yeah. What's something that if you, if it comes on before game, you're just like, Oh yeah. Um, you know, kind of silly, but I really like that Sarah Barella song brave. I don't know why it just, it's like, <laughs> it just kind of pumps me up. And then uh, that Rachel Platten um, fight song. Yeah. Like these anthems, you know, 
<laughs> that's a you, you know I, the one reason is why I love asking the questions about like music and stuff with coaches and because, anything from Rocky Three. Oh, there you go. Because uh, I always like I try to as we're doing an interview, I try to envision myself like, and I think this like just like people watching is like, what is that person listening to in the car? Like, what is on their radio? Oh, okay. and so, listen, what I'm listening to in the car is um, I go one of two ways. I love that dog in the background. I'm sorry. I you guys hear that? That's my dog. That is your dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. To, they would be doing the exact same thing if I was at home. The, um, all right. So the mailman is here right now, and I don't. I still want to know why dogs hate mailmen so much, but they just want to go help deliver the mail. Yeah, like Cash is a little coon hound, and he lo love hates the mailman. <laughs> my coon hound is currently asleep on the bed, about ten feet from me. <laughs> Well, that's pretty good that they're that quiet. Mine would not be. If the mailman <laughs> was here, it would be, I'd have to mute myself. Um, all right, back to the music. So when you're in the car. Yes, when I'm in the car. Sometimes. Or since you're from Massachusetts, when you're in the car. In the car. Sometimes I like to listen to the same song over and over again until I can get like every word right. And you so are I'm Nick Rizzo. We're going to be best friends, Becky. We're going to be best friends. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I love I love at least once every two weeks getting a text message from Nick that says, hey, man, I just learned the words to whatever song. <laughs> I just listened to it on repeat like yeah, 35 like, times. I mean, I remember one time I was driving from like North Carolina to Florida, and I, I – wrote down a copy of the word the, the words to shoop remember that shoop shoop by the way yes yes but then the other side the flip side is so when my parents when i was growing up uh, my parents are a little older than most people's parents and um they used to have like constantly like from the morning we got up until we went to bed that we had on music in the background so i know legit know the words to like every song from the 1940s <laughs> <laughs> perfect perfect i feel like if we do this uh this late night show i think we need to do like a musical jeopardy oh i would kill musical jeopardy i think we could do like or we could play a name that tune yeah put me on your if anything to do with music of any era put me on your team Dude. oh my gosh i have waited a hundred <laughs> episodes for someone to be into music because every time we ask various questions about music every coach is like i'm not really a big music person Oh yeah. I love music. I have music playing at work. I have play music playing in ev everywhere. I, I just really enjoy it. And I really like, I mean, I actually like any kind of music, even our players music. I do ask them to like, can we use the edited version of Pandora? <laughs> but other than that, I mean, I don't, I like, I like hip hop. I like rap. Like I like all music. Are you, are you, a, are you a coach that will dance in the locker room after like celebrating a win? Oh no. If the team's getting no, down. see me dance. I'm, that's why I DJ, so I don't have to dance. Um, <laughs> no, that's because you have to dance from behind the behind the turntables. Sean, yeah, you you made fun of me for dancing the one time. You're most no, I made fun of you for your. I made fun of Nick for your dancing because in that that gif, it's absolutely ridiculous. Because what you said you were mimicking, you did not look like what you said. Oh, you were mimicking. I crushed it, and that was at a rain delay too. We were in we were in a, a freaking locker room for two hours waiting for the game to start back up. Nixon. Nick Nick's team posts this this gif of him, and I think that the tweet the phrase that I used was, "You looked like someone's grandfather trying to scoot his walker across the room." Hey and Nick, I just give you credit for doing it because you know what I heard this thing. I don't know if this is true or not, but there's the only the only one more thing more vulnerable than um, 
dancing is the second most vulnerable thing only to being naked. <laughs> really? <laughs> I would I've believe heard. it. That's what I've heard. I would believe it. Absolutely, I would believe it. But yeah, so, no. Like, you know, I just, I, I'm impressed that you gave it a whirl. Yeah, no, I mean, they, I, I was, it was my first year as a coach. I was trying anything to get some wins. And so if seeing them seeing me dance a little bit was going to make them relax a little bit, maybe that was, that was my justification. Or I just like, I like dancing too, if we're being honest. See, I think if I danced, our team would never be able to regain their, um, their, you know, seriousness to be actually able to play a game. I, th- I think, I think your team's confident, your team's confidence was skyrocket. <laughs> if they saw you walk in and like Millie rock on them or something like that. <laughs> I wish that that would be like, here's the things. If I had um, unlimited superpowers, I would learn how to dance before I would want to be like invisible or anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Dance that, and sing, dance that, and sing. That may have to be like our new, like weekly question is like, all right, if you had a superpower, what yeah, would it be? Yeah, that would be a good question. That would be, be a really good dancer. <laughs> like, yeah, no, that would be good. All right. So- Look out everyone. It's dance girl. <laughs> We'd probably have to come up with a better superhero name than Dance Girl, but we could we could figure it out because our, our duct tape friends would not appreciate the name Girl in the title. That's true. Gosh, um, I'm horrible. Dance Woman. <laughs> the it's, problem is yeah, like Dance Woman. The problem is we have friends that like that are females that will call them the duct tape girls, and yet we still get in trouble for it. So you know we're well. We're you, never call, you never called them that. That was me. no, no. I was I was good. I'm very I'm very uh, socially adept with those things. Um, but no, Becky, one question I want to ask, what's your favorite like coaching memory so far? Ooh. Meeting Nick Rizzo. That's so hard. After meeting Nick Rizzo. Mm. Golly, I don't know. How do you narrow that down from like billions of moments? Um, your, your response hmm. should have been read all of the books that I'm a part of and <laughs> you'll find out. <laughs> I don't, I don't think I can really narrow that down. I think it would be really hard to pick just one. I think that the hardest moment is if you don't win the whole thing, that last time you're with your team, because that team like, isn't going to exist anymore. Like, and it's so abrupt. So you lose, you're like on the field after the game and then you're not a team anymore. It's so weird. I hate that feeling. Oh, it's that's, a- that's my favorite well like and i don't know like and i'm sure you get this too like i right, right now in illinois iowa missouri they're ending their high school season and so like i'll have recruits ask me to come watch them play for their high school game and like every time i go to a playoff game i'm just praying they win because the last thing i want they want to do after losing a game is see me so like there's a lot of times i'll just like text and i'll be like if you still want to talk that's fine if not i'll just give me a call later that week because like it's like, like you said, it is one of the worst moments of anything. And so I've been to like, yeah. I, I was at the state final on for Illinois on uh, Saturday and one of our girls was playing in the championship and they were up 1-0 until the 78th minute. They tied it. They ended up losing in PKs. And it's just like, how do you talk to someone after that game? You can't do it. I, I don't know. I just shot yeah. her and I was like, and she she to her credit, she did come say hi, but it was I, I was just like, you can go be with your family and friends. Definitely don't come talk to me right now. And then, you know, as the coach, like, I feel like this enormous responsibility to say something like really meaningful, but I'm also like heartbroken. And so it's hard. Like, I think it's one of the hardest things. And if, if you've never coached, I think it's hard to understand why that's so hard, but it's, oh, those are the moments I want to be an assistant coach. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. Just like stare at someone else and be like, yeah, you come up with this one. I got your back though, either way. Yeah, um, I'll support that. I'll support that statement. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need, to, uh, we need to get some more happier notes. But so like going into this upcoming season, what are you most excited about? You know, I'm I'm just really excited about getting back on the field with um, with our team because you know, like I said, our season didn't go as planned last year, and I think that our team this year is it's kind of like they're going in with a little chip on their shoulder in terms of something to prove, but also I think it's more just like we know what we're capable of, and we just are waiting for an opportunity to show it. So. I'm I'm very excited. I'm very excited about going to the World Cup and you know bringing back some ideas to integrate from that. I mean, there's just so much like I don't know. Every year, like there's so much you learn. I just like I said, I just came back from Camp Elevate in Colorado, and some of the coaches out there had some amazing ideas. So for me, like the hardest part is like how do you narrow down all the ideas because there's so many good ones. Yeah. I mean, I think that's tough because I honestly we're we're in a really similar boat with our team going into this year. And it's you can just tell there is a completely different energy already like this summer where like kids are texting me all the time, just being like, hey, like just like how's your summer going? It's like good. Like they're just they want it. You can tell they want to be more involved in the whole process. And like you said, it's a, there's just already a different feel for me going into this year for, for the exact same reason, because we didn't have the year that we wanted to last year. Yeah. And I think, you know, the whole 25th year anniversary of soccer at Florida is a pretty big deal. And, you know, I'm sure our current players aren't too aware of that yet, but I think when they realize, you know, kind of the enormity of that, that's going to be really cool too. And I hope that we get like our biggest alumni turnout ever. And, you know, certainly that's always exciting for me. And I think for the other players to see like, you know, it's not just, it's not just right now. It's like, you are part of this for the rest of your life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and for you, like what, one of the questions I like to ask is what are some of the things right now that you're most passionate about when it comes to soccer and coaching? Um, I am just honestly, like my biggest passion is just curiosity and growth. Um, I really feel like, you know, the players are not getting any, their age is the same. They come in and they're 18 to 22 years old and I'm getting older. So like that, no, gap stop is, it. that gap keeps widening. So for me, like, I feel like I always have to continue to work hard to, to learn and be curious. And, um, you know, if you had asked me 10 years ago, like, what are your most important traits for a great player on your team? I would have said stuff like hardworking, commitment, drive, you know, and, and those things are all important. But one of the things I would say now for sure is like, is how curious are they? Like, are they willing to grow? Are they willing to learn? Um, how empathetic are they? Like, are they going to be a good teammate? Um, because I think if you're curious and empathetic, you're going to grow and you're going to be able to relate to other people. And that's going to make you an amazing player on our team. Nick, I have a proposal. Oh, I, I, I love when you propose to me, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Ask my wife about the time I propose to her and she'll be like, yeah, you don't want that. Um, so Nashville is kind of close to me and I see Nashville, that on September 29th Nashville's under two hours away from me. I see that you are traveling there on September 29th to play, uh, at Vandy, Nick, I think we need to have a meetup with B squared in Nashville. I mean, Sean, there's a very reasonable chance that I have a game that day. <laughs> I don't care about your game. <laughs> like, I mean, me, me and Becky do have 
the same job, even though hers are she's at a little bit higher of a level than I am currently. Hey, it's what all it, the same. It's all relative. I tell people that all the time. Don't get caught up in it. <laughs> well, Nick, you're going to look at your schedule, and I guarantee you're not going to have a game that weekend. You're back. Oh, yeah, that's the one weekend I don't have a game. I'm back. Well, see, that's why I mentioned it. Um, but I think it would be cool if we could get uh, any local soccer chatters who are in the, the Nashville area to come out and, and watch the uh, watch the Gators get at it and maybe possibly see B-squared give us like a little like shoulder shimmy dance celebrate <laughs> hey that's gonna be a good game because you know vandy won the league last year so that'll be a great game to come to well i think i think that should be uh that should be the one for a, a soccer chat meetup um you you mentioned too you're going to the world cup and you know going over there and and what uh what all what all do you have planned while you're over there i am fired obviously up. watching soccer games okay so besides i think i have tickets for six games which Jeez. include the USA, Canada, and Jamaica, because we have players on Canada. We don't talk about Jamaica on here anymore. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to see some of the players' families that are on Canada and Jamaica, that J-Word team. And God. then um, also got some – so I'm going with a retired two-star general. So she is, like, the um, best planner ever, and she just – she's going to say – we're going to this next. We're going to this next. And I'm like, okay, let's do it because <laughs> she's logistics. Like that's her job. My job is kind of, um, I had to plan the housing and I had to plan the tickets and the games. I got all that done. And so now she's going to have to plan like the wine tasting, hey. the, the uh, little snorkeling, you know, I'm going to walk on, I'm going to Nice. So I have to go to con and, you know, pretend I'm going to the con film festival, which already happened. But, um, <laughs> You know, no one has to know we have the technology to make it look like you were there. Yes. Yeah, so we have a big group of people going, but the, the two star general is in charge and I'm just a follower. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, so, you know, obviously, you know, with the with the games that you've got tickets to, I, is there a game that you're looking forward to more than others? Mm, that's good. Well, obviously, it'll be or, what, or what what ticket did you get? that You were like, yes, like that's one I really wanted to get. Well, I think USA Sweden is the best game of the group for yeah. the USA. So I'm excited to have that ticket. Um, but I'm also seeing Scotland, England, which is going to be like a little mini war. That's going to yeah. be fun. I feel like brave heart that one up. Heart. Yeah, I'm gonna like carry a little like you know a handkerchief and go freedom. <laughs> um, um, and then I'm seeing France, Norway, which is um going to be fun to see that in France. Mm -hmm. So I've got a lot of good games. Do you, like, are there, um, like, I know, like, a lot of coaches from here are, like, heading over that way. Like, are there coaches you know that are going to be at certain games that, you know, you you, probably, you may not be able to see them, but you know for a fact, like, oh, yeah, like, somebody, I know somebody who's going to be at the U.S.-Sweden game, or I know somebody's going to be at the France-Norway game. Yeah, I think what I'm going to do is I'm just going to start posting on social media where I am, and hopefully we can have a big um, gather up. One of my best Where in the World Cup is Becky <laughs> Burley. <laughs> They're, one of my best friends who has nothing to do with soccer, um, she teaches at a school in Sweden, and she's going to meet me in um, Nice. And so that's going to be really fun, too. We're having like a little rooftop rooftop birthday party for a friend of hers, and her niece and nephew are coming. So we've got plans. Got plans. That's the way to do it. That is the way to do it. Well, as we wrap up here at Soccer Chat, you know, it's all about creating this big network. And obviously, you know, we thank you for for allowing us to be a part of your your network and um, I guess allowing me to uh, act like an idiot at your uh, your social this past <laughs> January. Um, if a coach is is listening to this and they, you know, they're um, they want to know about more about the what drives winning or they want to know more about you, like is there a way they can contact you and, yes. and maybe ask you questions? 
Well, first of all, they should schedule for July 9th in St. Louis. That's when we're having our What Drives Winning Conference. And it's going to be July 9th. Really good. Yes. But they could follow me on any social media. I'm flying from Atlanta that day. Come on. Why you got to do that? Oh, it's a really good one. It's going to be really good. I think it's going to be our best one yet. So. But anyway, I that's going to be happening July 9th. And you can follow me on any social media. It's really creative. It's just my name, Becky Bowie. <laughs> um, but the What Drives Winning has a really great Twitter feed. Matter of fact, one of my favorite videos that we've ever put out came out last night. So that's at WDW Convo, WDW Convo on Twitter. Um, and I think like I think any every coach, here's my challenge to you. Do some professional development like that's not specific to your sport. And that's why I love what drives winning, Camp Elevate, the NCAA Coaches Academy. Like do some some something that's not specific to your sport, because once you get out of your sport, it just opens up a whole new world. Wow. I I I, I feel like you do need like a parody video. And I feel like I'm going to produce a video of Nick and I explaining what drives winning. <laughs> because I think a lot of it's just Nick's going to be like, you know, when I think about winning, it's going to cut to me, and I'm just going to be like, what drives winning? See, like, the thing about, about what drives that. winning is a question and a statement. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I've been doing for the last hour going, well, what drives winning? What yeah. drives and winning? And you know, the second book in What Drives Winning is What's Really Important. That's a question and a statement. Gee, me, Christmas. Look at you, <laughs> biology major. That's a that's a biology mind right there. <laughs> well, Becky, thank you so much. There's no other guest we could have we could have put on to have as special of a time. To be the 100th episode of Soccer Chat, to have the famous, the loving, the just absolutely amazing Becky Burley on here, and I think that as of now, I think we just need to commit. We're gonna do a late night show at convention next year. I'm, I'm doing. I'm down with that. Let's do it. All right, bring I my snowball microphone. Yes, yes. Bring your and bring your wigs and your keys and bring your your instruments and yes. we'll do skits and all kinds of stuff. Oh it. man, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna be writing all night now. Gosh, <laughs> you'll be getting a script when you get back from France. Sweet, I'll be looking <laughs> forward to that. Well, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, we'll have to do this again. Maybe not a hundred episodes, but maybe we'll, we'll, we'll we can come back earlier and do another show well, with you. If you'd have me in January, you know, I don't, I don't know if you will because. I oh don't... my God. Oh, here wow. we go. Here we go. <laughs> hey, you know, I'm sorry that we had such an open schedule that, you know, we had this booth that you could have just like stopped by, but you had this crazy schedule that we couldn't fit into because we're the small guys. So like, I mean, uh-huh. I, uh-huh. if, if you want us right now to, to claim you as the first guest for convention, then I, I will stand on that rock right now. Well, I don't think I can um, surpass Sam and Sarah Loudon. Sam and <laughs> so. Those two. God, that's, that's, a, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on, Becky. And, and thank right, you so much for being number 100. Peace. Perfect, 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 perfect. Cool. Did we ask her what song? Do you, oh, yeah. Um, shoot, wasn't it? Yeah. That's, yeah okay. that's a good song. How, how could I forget that one? All right. Well. Um, 
Yep, we are good to go. Uh, oh my god, did my oh, my mom just posted a bunch of baby pictures. 